Lightning Strikes, 10 Transformative Moments in Rock and Roll by Lenny Kay. If you can measure a book by its playlist, Lenny Kay's Lightning Striking surfs peak rock and roll moments, a music history that leaks pleasure. Its songs trace hidden galaxies in an exploding universe of ideas and feelings, and maps new orbits through a music that never stops revealing itself. Kay grew up in southern New Jersey, fled to the West Coast as a teenager, and then Lower Manhattan in the early 1970s, a road tripper in search of scenes. He resembles that subspecies of scenester who plugs away furiously as an awestruck participant, following the music religiously as both acolyte and then sideman. The right place, right time karma has him backing up an early Patti Smith poetry reading in St. Mark's Church, Greenwich Village, in 1971. It was only supposed to happen once. He has been leading her band ever since. You might know Kay as an avid librarian of garage rock lore, compiling the first Electra LP edition of Nuggets, original artifacts from the first psychedelic era, 1965 to 1968, in 1972, and then many of its spin-offs. Little Stevens Underground Garage Project works, in a way, as an homage to the cathedral that Kay first built. This affection for rock history reveals itself through the Patti Smith Group's ardent covers the Who's My Generation once had a sacred position as that band's closer, but she often opened with the Velvet Underground's We're Gonna Have a Good Time Together, or folded in the Leaves' Hey Joe, and of course the Birds' So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star, channeling far more legacy than many other punk acts. The book highlights ten different locales and turns geography into metaphor for states of mind, worldviews, and cackling tirades for where meanings go fizzy bullet points to destiny. The list? Memphis, 1954. New Orleans, 1957. Philadelphia, 1959. Liverpool, 1962. San Francisco, 1967. Detroit, 1969. New York, 1975. London, 1977. Seattle, 1991. Los Angeles, 1984, Norway, 1993. Skipping Boston looks like the most glaring oversight. Each locale gets such detailed treatment you sense a heightened awareness of how many disparate characters and their kismet collisions create a larger story about pickled fate, an unstoppable style, and new worlds of sound that quickly overtook any single figure or band. His history starts with his sponge-like ears as a teen, a doo-wop aficionado, and New Orleans obsessive who adores all the inside jokes, open secrets, and sainted clowns of the young style as only a feisty kid can. He conveys the giant disruption of the Beatles in 1964 without diving much into their material, and sidesteps most of the other pitfalls of this well-plowed turf with sizzling details and cryptic maxims. His paragraph-thumping Zen koans turn as tempting as his dangling questions. Who knows where a hit begins? Kay's voice, while sometimes cryptic, distills style into tart locutions. How to sing to a girl in the voice of a girl, that is Philadelphia's tradition. Or, records are all about need, that you're not yet aware of. Heartbreak, heart back together, some dance floor somewhere, a favorite song for you to play along. Or this, his immaculate summary of Beatlemania. Yeah, times three. 
the mathematics of dream. Kay finds his subject rhythm and mood, unveils a new score for its soundtrack, all the while convincing you your own playlist matters most. So many portals into this story, his own just one of lifetimes worth pursuing. He dashes about, compresses exhilarating records into frenetic prose, and outlines a new rendition of this familiar story that sends you back to your stash, hunting down new obscurities and grooving to new pleasures. It's the perfect book for the streaming era. YouTube tosses up many of these quickly, thrills chasing thrills. The travelogue grid means he returns over and over again to the 60s, which provides multiple angles on music that seem to explode all at once in various places, and yet always held sway against itself, many voices speaking as one. You may have known about Richie Adams, who sang lead for the Archies on Sugar Sugar, but not that he first appeared as the lead on the Fireflies' You Were Mine back in 1959, and Bobby Lewis's Tossin' and Turnin' in 1961, or went on to write Engelbert Humperdinck's After the Lovin'. How many such vicarious Burt Burns figures hide in pop shadows? Here's how Kay describes Memphis producer Sam Phillips of Sun Records. His apocryphal wish fulfillment, if I could find a white man with the Negro sound and the Negro feel, is too reductive, too easy. For Sam, the music's sui generis starts with what is called rhythm and blues and what is called country and western, big band orchestras and Appalachian balladry and show tune standards and gospel of all persuasions. A persistent curiosity of Kay's ear cranks out new frames like a movie projector inventing its own film. A typical sentence crams in the pressures of capitalism alongside the heated momentum of creativity. Cosimo starts a record company, NOLA, and has a hit out of the box with Robert Parker's 1966 Barefootin', but can't turn up the cash flow like he could boost the bottom end at his studio, unable to press enough records to meet demand. From inside the Summer of Love, he writes, Sometimes it seems as if the Western world is in kaleidoscopic spin. Every page yields zircons like these palm descriptions of Duane Eddy, whoops and low-string sound hollowed out by the reverb of a grain tank in Arizona. Stooges guitarist James Williamson. He has a determined alpha-dog sense of riffage that bends the substructure of the Stooges his way. The Talking Heads, art-savvy and paranormal. Or Janis Joplin, alcadelic. When he gets to the Beatles, he lets a few choice paragraphs do all the work, then fleshes out the surrounding context. What is it about the Fabulous Four, the perfect quartet that sets them apart, beyond their peers, their generation, even the idea of pop music itself? They sound more randomly weird as we get equidistant from their time frame, untethered from the progression of genres that mark their contemporaries. They lead by example, and yet the results hew to no predictable landscape, blending instruments and style and overreach. That is, after these many years and maddening familiarity with each of their songs, they are capable of surprise, the revealing scope and sophistication of their musical imagination, the way each personality jigsaws together for an all-too-brief decade, and then the inevitable solo albums, individual brilliance showing how much they relied on each other to make a forever magic. Then this. Their creation encapsulates the cultural transformations of the 1960s. The voyage between She Loves You to the end game of I Am the Walrus with all the magnificent shards of creativity in between, spreads across the take-anything spectrum of popular music, the heart on the sleeve and the bite in the tongue, 
sound collage and lyrics a twist with layers of meaning and monomic instruments chosen without regard to what has come before. Each phrase and hook and texture of arrangement existing as if it was always meant to be there. Decades later, we arrive at biodiscography through outtake, remix, remaster, every anniversary commemorated, the emphasis on process rather than on the songs themselves, snippets of audio conversation, live performances, works in progress, false starts, all show our desire to know how it was done, how four musicians could make such incessantly interesting music and have it change the course of popular music. Connecting unlikely dots like a good historian, Kay makes you hear each end of things differently. John Simon, the producer who made the first two band albums sound so rustic, had already produced the first Big Brother and the Holding Company record, Cheap Thrills, the one with the cover by cartoonist Robert Crumb. Kay's deep dive into Detroit garage band history follows the threads leading to the MC5 and the Stooges, who each tower in new and fascinating ways here. But Kay also off-ramps into a quick description of the regional energies unfurling throughout the lo-fi DIY epoch of 1966. Nationally, Minneapolis and the Castaways, Liar Liar, Chicago and the Shadows of Night, Gloria, Cleveland and the Outsiders, Time Won't Let Me. Michigan seemed especially fertile territory when Tommy James and the Shondells' Hanky Panky from Niles and Question Mark and the Mysterians' 96 Tears from Bay City and Saginaw, both topped the charts in 1966. Sonic Youth picks up where Patti Smith's Radio Ethiopia leaves off, then mentors this upstart Seattle troupe Nirvana. At one point, he describes Jimi Hendrix leaving his Greenwich Village Electric Ladyland Studios on his way to play the Isle of Wight concert in 1970, Weeks to Live, where young Patti Smith awaits him and he told her of his dream of an abstract universal musical language, beyond key and tempo. When Kay himself enters this larger story, he does it with modest strokes and clean lines. That poetry reading leads to callbacks and suddenly a career. Clive Davis needs an alt-act to prove his street credibility for his new Arista label, and the young Bruce Springsteen, busy getting out of a bad contract, co-writes Because the Night and performs it with Smith on her breakout stage. Backstage photo with Bob Dylan and Rolling Stone, career launched. And here's where one hit comes from. While in the record plant, we're visited by Bruce Springsteen, working on what will be darkness on the edge of town, down the hall. Jimmy Iovine has engineered for him, and Iovine puts his fast-talking persuasives to good use by asking for a track that seems left by the wayside as Bruce piles up song ideas. Springsteen has already written us a couple of shots in the dark, but they sound like him trying to be us, which is not the point. Jimmy gets Patty a cassette of Because the Night. One night she plays it over the phone to me, waiting for Fred Sonic Smith, MC Fiverr, to call from Detroit. It's chorus undeniable. He devotes a lot more time to the music's history than his own gigantic strokes of skill and luck inside the larger arc, and he pulls off that rarest of tones, a lead guitarist with humility and ears that always chase the more. When he partied along with his crews, his luck extended to his health, his perseverance, and steadying counterbalance to his charismatic front person. Critics never get enough credit. And now for the buried lead. This is actually Kay's third book. The first, you call it Madness, the sensuous song of the croon, on romantic singers of the 1930s, appeared back in 2004. Me want to go there. He also co-wrote Rock 100 with David Dalton. 
Go back to the complete Rolling Stone online archives and you'll find Kay reviewing major records in the early 1970s, including a white-hot streak through Exile on Main Street, the Rolling Stones, Moondog Matinee, the band, Quadrophania, the Who, and Led Zeppelin IV. How many writers helped shape the next chapter of rock to a string of records like that? Kay champions the undersung New York Dolls with first-person color and particulars, but has equal affection for the Ramones. And he's sensitive to the fickle notions of gods that would plunder the creative forces of a band as great as the Velvet Underground, and then bring together Lou Reed, David Bowie, and Iggy Pop as a regal cabal throughout the 1970s to commit commercial aesthetic revenge. When he veers off to Norway to bolster his heavy metal chapters of the 1980s, he handles death cult sludge with almost too much respect, although you fear that's what the music summons in this crowd. Power chords unleash Nordic dread. At one point, he marvels at Sex Pistols manager Malcolm McLaren's reaction to hearing the first New York Dolls record. It made me laugh so much, Malcolm remembered to Dolls historian Nina Antonia. I was actually shocked. I suddenly thought that you can be brilliant at being bad, and there were people loving them for it. For Malcolm, it was better than being bad at being bad, or being good at being good. Kay finds himself in this story even as the style swirls all around him. A 512-page seduction etched in cosmic detail. <laughs> 